Hello and welcome and thank you so much for being a part of Because She Can, the podcast and of course this movement. And we have some really fun questions for you. And I want to talk about your journey as actors, you know, your journey as women, uh, your journey as a mother. Uh, let's start uh, from your journey as a child. Give us a peek into the wonder years. So Ira, what were you like as a child and what's inspired you to be an actor? Well, as a child, I was a pretty quiet kid, but I used to read a lot. And then I became a really wild teenager. So I don't know how that <laughs> happened. <laughs> and uh, acting, I mean, I was surrounded by women, strong women who are actors. You know, I come from a Nautanki family through and through. So I remember watching my mom. I remember I was in my dad's lap being sort of like being pacified in a theater. And it was a show called Agnes of God. I must have been two or three years old. And I was mesmerized by my mom playing a nun on stage and it was a it's a beautiful show and we were dumped on stage as kids you know uh, my Masi and my uh, both my Masis in Delhi have a theater company called Kids World so we were kind of dumped on stage literally from the age of three and four and I think the idea of make-believe is so exciting for a child anyway um, so we were I was you know all of us were ready to jump into that world and play different characters and animals and stuff but it stuck for me I think there was something at a very young age which kind of transfixed me to that idea of becoming somebody else. That. I love that. And Koel, what were you as a child? Did you know you wanted to be an actor? And, you know, it just came uh, to you. I just wanted attention. And I didn't care in what form it came. You know, so I think I've said this um, quite a few times, but this is, I think, a, a, a sort of a trait that most middle children have. That maybe who look at me, you know, and do whatever it takes to... Uh, get the attention that we need. And from very early, I realized that I was a storyteller. As far as the medium is concerned, it's changed as I've grown older. But that desire for attention, that remains. I think that is one of my earliest memories of what made me me was I needed to be in the spotlight. I love that. And did the family play a role? Like were they encouraging, discouraging? obviously they were discouraging not even discouraging they were not giving me the attention which is why the need which is why the need I mean when you come from a family of of a divas and super achievers no one's interested in what you have to say so therefore even louder even more come on come on look at me look at me 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 you know so and they're just like poof I love that I love that middle child attention let's rule the world <laughs> oh I love it I love the amount of steps you've, you've uh, you know, skipped in between. <laughs> and just, let, let, let's just get that. Stati, you want to ask? Um, I want to ask Ira, because of course your mom is such a powerhouse of talent, Miss um, uh, Lilith Dubey. Obviously, you grew up around her. So was it ever, did you ever feel that pressure or like, you know, to to become, to grow into yourself as an actor? Or like, the, you know, the external noise, a lot of people have a lot of opinions to say about that. So how did that influence your journey? Um, I think, yeah, it's a unique predicament working with your uh, parent in a creative capacity, for sure. Uh, she's a hard taskmaster and it's not been easy. It's not always been a bed of roses, um, but she's pushed me to be better and better. You know, um, I, we argue a lot. Uh, and we sort of disagree a lot. and But I think that's been part of the journey. When I finally moved out of the house, though, six years ago, everything's become much better. 
it's been wonderful <laughs> it's been wonderful i'm lucky i'm lucky to have uh, someone who's so passionate and so who's so committed to her craft which is primarily theater uh push me to to be better and better i've traveled the world with her work with her plays uh, i'm part of her troupe uh you know so i'm i feel very lucky very fortunate stuti um, can i jump in here just to say of uh, course you know you have moved back you have moved out of the house and that's changed your relationship i totally understand that but i am coming full circle i've been living away from home since i was 17 i just want to move back home i want someone to decide the menu i want someone to decide the do the laundry you know just organize my life i don't yeah. want to be living on uh, running my own house please yeah. can i move back home mummy papa i really won't will be an amazing child i will not i will not be an attention seeker i will just be an entertainer i just want to move back home um, yeah, I, i live with that girl i mean i think especially for me i think i have my mother in law who's literally my backbone with everything so um attention i mean i think independence comes at a price right uh, totally also you've been away so long I think बहुत हो गया independence. I don't want independence. Yeah. I want nurturing. I want pampering. I want to be looked after so that my creative juices can flow and I don't have to look after anybody. <laughs> want the nannies that you get in Delhi and Bombay and three drivers and the people holding on. <laughs> um so with all this talk about mummies and of course mothers and daughters it's such a such a special relationship also very challenging relationship for all of us so let's talk a little bit about your play we've had the privilege of seeing mummies dead long live mummy so um few questions specific to both of you i would like to start with koel where did this where did you get this inspiration of doing this play I think uh, the idea of wanting to talk about my experience of motherhood started very much with becoming a mother and I don't think I am unique to wanting to do this you know uh, the the becoming a mother is a very very powerful very confusing very complex um very individual experience it makes you very lonely but at the same time you're tied to this uh, universal thing that you know everyone does it what's the big deal you yeah. know it is that and i can guarantee you unless there are really like one or two mothers who don't feel the need to actually speak about share in whatever form what their experience has been now i'm lucky i'm a writer so i could write this out so the idea of it perhaps the germ of it came from the very moment that i became a mother it took the form of a play and the form of mummy's dead only last october um okay. so that was a very you know the minute i started said okay now enough you need you've been thinking about this idea for a while put pen to paper but the minute i put pen to paper it was not a book it was not a blog it was not a film it was not any of those things it had to be a play because of the way that it was structured the way it was written mm-hmm. and every story finds its own medium you know and so this story needed to be told very much like rants like the stream of consciousness of these women almost on edge you know for for the purpose of drama um but i think most of us mothers have been there right often more often than we admit been on edge you know been on edge of some kind where we're ready either to bang the baby's head on the wall or us we don't do it but we understand the instinct of that 
Coil, I'd love to ask just on that. How has that journey been for you as a mother, right? I mean, going from Delhi, you know, going to Tokyo, going to Paris, and then managing this whole journey of, you know, writing a book, being an actor, and, you know, this whole concept of mommy's guilt, like, what is that journey for you as a mother and how are you handling it? I'm not, I'm getting through. I don't think anyone can truly handle or balance, you just get through. You know, even for instance, let me give you an example. We're here, we're having great success of Mummy's Dead. We had standing ovation, um, we had a standing ovation last night for our last show of uh, Delhi in Delhi. It's been a dream, right? But then I speak to my husband, who is an amazing husband, and it's been hell back in Paris for a lot of reasons. You know, someone is sick, the dog has uh, got diarrhea, so he's pooing all over the place. Uh, the blah, 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 there's a confusion between the teacher who was supposed to come, then not come, she started a new school. He's He's got conferences that he needs to go to, but he needs to be the main parent. The Nunu is, uh, Nunu means the nanny is somewhere else. There is utter bordel, as we call it, like nightmare happening in uh, back home in Paris. You kind of just go, gosh, I feel guilty, but it's a useless emotion. What can I do? So you block out the noise and you get through. Literally, and I feel that that's a metaphor for all the years of motherhood, for me at least. And this is why perhaps I needed to write this is because every day has just been getting through. I don't have a manual. I don't have a how to do it. I don't have a this is the right way. That's the wrong way. We just do the best we can. I love that. And and really, thank you for sharing that. And I just think like, I needed to hear that, right? Just, it's okay to just kind of get through and not be perfect. But I want to ask uh, Ira that why, um, when did you decide to collaborate with Coil and get this to India and throw it to both of you, if you can share some fun anecdotes of this super amazing uh, collaboration and teamwork that came through? I'll leave the fun trivia to Koyal. She's good at that. <laughs> um, love you, Ira. Love you more. So <laughs> two, two months ago, I not even two, I mean, literally two months, two and a half months ago, she reached out to me. We had a lovely chat and then I asked her for the script. And when I read the script, very much like you said, Stuti, it made no darn difference that I wasn't a mother. I thought it's a terrific script. Yeah. It was very, very uh, poignant, very funny, um, very sharp, very well written. Um, and I just fell in love with the script to begin with. And then it was sort of this instinct or this gut feeling of wanting to work with Koyal and, and sort of uh, shake hands with her and and I think again as we spent time together in the last few days there is a sensibility sort of synergy you know creatively she touched upon this earlier and I completely agree um, and I think that also more than anything as a producer I felt that it was absolutely the right time to bring a show like this to India so we don't talk enough I mean mental health has become very woke in the last 10, 10 years maybe five years but we don't talk yes. enough about issues okay we don't talk motherhood I mean Shadi karo, bache peda karo. This is what girls are taught from a very young age. That is what, this is a absolutely like part and parcel of what your role as a woman requires, demands, right? You cannot guess that, right? So I think yeah. the fact that we're even questioning it is important. 
Number two, we're questioning it at a time where a lot of young women like you and me, Stuti, will say, Are darn it, man. I don't want to get married. I want to live with a woman. I don't want to have children. Whatever. Right? Yeah. We're, we're challenging all the social conventions that our mothers and our and the And the timelines that are imposed on us and we're yes. defined by them. Yes. So I think that that both for young women who are not mothers who don't want to be mothers, for them to get an insight, insight means gauze and guts and everything into what it actually takes to be a mom. That then for women to have a to have a support system and a sisterhood and a safe space where they can feel like they can express themselves. I mean, Koyal will tell you the kind of I'm sure stories women have come and shared with her, you know, about their own experiences. Only a play like this could bring that out, you know. And I feel that I just felt that it was everything about it felt just right, but it was a gut instinct about why I wanted to do it and bring it to India at this moment in time. So, Koyal, if you can shed some light, what was it like working with Ira? Tell us some funny personal anecdotes. What was it like on the sets? Okay, I'll tell you. Um, I mean, Ira has covered most of what, what I would have said because as we are discovering and continue to discover and may we continue and continue to discover forever, we are each other's uh, twins in a lot of ways, you know, uh, especially in the way that we react and think. I'm a lot more aggressive. She's a lot calmer, but just the, the, the thought is the same. Um, and so uh, two things that I will tell you, which came to me, which will kind of encapsulate our relationship. One was, look at us on Zoom right now, okay? So we look like just cute little girls, uh, you know, <laughs> nicely dressed, whatever, um, uh, out there. So when we're, when we're talking to sponsors, when we're talking to uh, a bunch of accountants on Zoom or in a big conference room, we come in there, we know our staff, we're very charming, all the rest of it. And we haven't even met at this point properly, right? I was sitting in Paris, she was sitting in Bombay, and we were already doing all this kind of stuff. We both look at each other and we're like looking at the other men and they don't know. They're saying yes to everything we are asking for, right? Um, I love it. You got to use it always. <laughs> you got to use it. And so all this, you know, it's almost like it's it's not, it's, it's some women would turn around and say, oh, but then you're doing damage to the Me Too movement and all the rest of it. No, know your power. I never want to be equal to a man. I have got so many more things which, a men, which men could never have, you know? So yeah. I, I don't want, I don't want to be at power with a man. I am a woman. And I must know my own power. And it's the same. I saw it with Ira. She knows her power. We don't We don't need to be feminists who shout about Very it. Very true. We can still add our way into a room and command it. So for me, that, that to me was instant. Like, okay, you know, this works. We don't have to have a whole preamble of explanation. Let's do this. Let's do that. We'd get on a call. We'd get off a call. Off a call. There was no debrief needed. There was nothing. It was just like, okay, moving, moving, moving. Second thing I'll tell you, which uh, even you doesn't know, but uh, the other day um, she said to me, what is this? This is not the Y-Flow audience, but another audience. She's like, what is this audience? If any of them move around anymore, I'm going to give them one time slap. And I was like, oh, someone is speaking my mind. Yes, I don't have to do this because someone else will do it. And this is where you get good co-producers where someone picks up where you leave off and vice versa. So for us, this is, so far, it's been magic. 
Yeah, and I also think just picking up from that, that the, the balance is important. We are very similar in the way we think creatively and even as women, I think, but our personalities are different and that balance is very important. I want to ask here, Ira Koyal both, is it harder for women to be taken seriously when you're bringing a production from Paris? Was it hard to do this as an all-woman crew? Um, you know, and, and, I, and I see its advantages. But is there this sense of that, you know, are they serious? Are they real? Is it a real production? Or what, what do you think is the mindset? You know, Divya, this is such an interesting question that I ask myself often. I'm a privileged person. And, you know, I'd like to hear your take on this as well. I, I feel privileged the way that I have led my life where I have never had to not be taken seriously right? Uh, maybe it's the way that I conduct myself. Maybe it's what I bring to the table. I don't know, right? Maybe it's my background. I don't know. Maybe it's a combination of all those things. But I have never had to prove myself in a room. I come in there, I'm able, as long as the project is good enough, I'm able to get the eyeballs or the, or the promises or whatever is required. But, and this is the but, I'm unable to convince myself Somewhere, I myself am judging me with this imposter syndrome of, are you sure you can do this? Are you capable of doing this? You're bringing a project or rubbish. That when it does come together, it surprises me more than it surprises anyone else. So it is that, that voice that we as women have somewhere in spite of having all the success and privilege and all the things that I've had in my life that voice doesn't go away still. I shush it, I go, shut up, don't talk to me, this imposter syndrome person. But it's constantly there, even for this tour. I'm just like, how did we, how are we here? How are we managing to get this? Like, how did Divya sponsor our play? How did Lalit say yes? How did Mahindra say yes? Would, if I was a man, would I be questioning myself? No, I'd be expecting it. So yes, your question is, I don't question it when I'm in front of other people, but I question it in private. It's very interesting. Uh, what do you think, Kira? I think that, yeah, I mean, you, you maybe that, that social cultural conditioning makes you second guess yourself. And that's why you sort of have to assert yourself even more as a woman. But yeah, the privilege, the, 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 the strata of society and culturally where we come from, what we, my lineage in, in the theater world, all these things will help. And, but those are things that, See, nepotism again has become such a woke word and all, you know, and we've discussed it to death in our country in recent years. But see, you, you can't, you you are you don't choose your family, right? You don't choose where you're born. So you have to own it. You have to live a life that you accept and reconcile with it and own it and wear it as a badge of honor. And if you use that to your advantage when you can, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I, I firmly believe that. So there's nothing that I feel apologetic about or I feel Koyal should feel apologetic about. Yes, I mean, when she came to me, I mean, we we had a lot of help from our friends, from very, very generous people, including you, Divya. And, and I believe, because I've been a theater wala through and through to the core, and I don't come from enormous wealth, that the arts need the support. I understand we live in a country where there, there is illiteracy, where there is poverty, where there are many, many more pressing things to be taken care of that need attention. But if we don't do it, even a handful of us, the arts will die slowly but surely. Social media and Instagram and whatever variations of that are to come in the years to come will take over the entire world and we won't see a play in 20 years. Art, 
like even in the event that we did for you, uh, which was a cross-generational event, a lot of the families were uh, Delhi uh, semi-conservative families that were there who were the older lot. And for them, this play was literally on the edge. It was pushing them out of their comfort zone. And I know, Divya, you wanted that. You wanted the conversation to start. You wanted people to be not just sit comfortably and, you know, um, do that. And I think through entertainment, exactly what Ira said, that through entertainment, you're able to say more than you are able to say through a lecture or class, a master class, a piece of uh, uh, information or something. Through entertainment, you can connect very well. So I said theater has always pushed the boundaries, whether it's from the time of the Greeks, you know, it's reflected society, it's, it's always given the, the uh, sides of society, the ethics, the, the values, but it's also questioned norms. That's the place that the theater can do more easily than any other art form can do. And, uh, you know, we are so grateful for having patrons like you, like Mahindra, like Lalit, who, who basically support people like us, because this is an important piece of, um, of theater, I believe. But, you know, like literally, Goel, I think at the play, you spoke about sex education, you talked about IVF, you know, you literally had a condom, you talked about smoking half cigarettes. I mean, you wouldn't have the guts to talk about these subjects in that room normally. And really, thank you so much for doing that because you made it possible. And because it was the arts and the way it was done and it was classy and it was elegant, but it just, you know, it just hit the point home that this is real. You know, if you have a teenager, sex education is very important, right? It's going to happen. You can't close your eyes and expect it's not happening. And how many Indian women, actually around the world, let's not just say uh, Indian, how many families don't want to push it under the carpet and just close their eyes? My mother has a famous yeah. phrase. She says, what the hell does that even mean? Like, you know, makhi dekh kar nikli ni jati means if it's happening behind a closed door, that's fine. I don't want to know. Uh, I think you made a very valid point that, of course, in India, we have a lot of um, issues, but theater, it can drive conversations in a more fun way that probably otherwise we're like all brushing under the carpet. But like, um, I want to ask you guys, of course, you, you know, you both um, collaborated on this, two strong women coming together, but then acting and this entire space is even today, um, there are a lot of issues like pay parity and women are pitted against each other continuously that there are, you know, there are few uh, spots on the top and you have to pit against each other. So in such a competitive space, how do uh, women like you find true friendships and true collaborators? Good question. Go for uh, it. It's again a very personal thing and you're bang on. It's not just, I think there's only a handful of people, male and female, who can ro rule the roost in the acting world if you look at Bollywood per se. You know, last yeah. night I had an interview with Nasir sir, Nasiruddin Shah, who's now 73 years old. And the way that he spoke and the way his sort of, worldview is so inspiring in a way i just just to share and give you an example he's known to disaward ceremonies and award functions and someone mentioned a journalist yesterday in the in the middle of this press conference that you know we've heard in your farm you've turned your awards into door handles 
you know and he said are please say don't stay all this and all that you know so i think that you've got to take it with a little bit of a pinch of salt even fame at the end of the day fame is ephemeral no as high as you go you will come down also one day so i think that i think that's something that koel also fundamentally understands and like i said when you can look at life very deeply and very truthfully but also with a lightness it's very important because then you don't get carried away by all this other stuff you know mm-hmm. um and when you find people who who resonate with that and who understand that then the collaborations become very easy you know um and for me personally i will also say that fame i've never been i've never run after the fame part of it it doesn't it doesn't get me off at all you know and i'm here for the long haul i have lots of things to do bahut kaam karna hai bahut kuch karna hai and i mean i'm delighted and thrilled and very sort of moved that i found a wonderful friend and collaborator and well and hope we do many many wonderful things together and that's what it is all about finding like yeah. creative and making good fun stuff that's going to make a mark so you know the theme for us uh, is because she can and i'd love to ask both of you ira and koel ira what does because she can mean for you because she can defy expectations because she can be true to herself and because she can be whoever she wants to be love that Simple. for me i think this is part of how i live because no one told her she can't that's amazing beautiful uh ira and koel this has been such a provocative conversation like everything you guys do so we just want to end it on a lighter note and devina i'm going to play tag and ask each one of you one one question and just a quick rapid fire round devia you want to start well if you could have a secret superpower what would it be time i would stretch time um to to be invisible um what do you do before you go to bed i read and as i read i cannot sleep so sometimes i'll come home because i have a bit of a social life at very late in the night completely can't even see straight i don't know how i got into bed i will still need to read and i'll realize that i read the same page for about 45 minutes uh-huh. but i still need to do it <laughs> i can't sleep unnecessary me ira actually pray just like express gratitude wow unless if i'm doing the other thing with somebody else mm. um or with yourself or with myself needs a man <laughs> yeah. that that is the perfect segue to my next question uh which was only for ira which is a uh, finish the phrase the way to my heart is to my head the way to my heart is for koyal puri <laughs> being cheeky that's I cute i can see that that's <laughs> nice okay guys last question for both of you um what would you be like to be remembered as I'd like to be remembered as someone who finished, who finished stuff. A finisher. I'd like to be remembered as someone who touched people. I can be very cheesy when I want to be. Yes. Lovely. You've moved us and guys, thank you so much and this has been absolutely fabulous. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs>